In a world controlled by passionless conglomerates, there's a place where artisanal producers bravely break the boundaries and craft wine, beer, and spirits their own way. That place is Tin City, and this is their story. You've tuned in to the Tin City Podcast with Patrick Brooks and George Newmare. Welcome back to the Tin City Podcast. We are here with Guillaume Fabre and Arnaud Fabre. Cheers. Cheers, gentlemen. Cheers, guys. Thank you for joining us, guys. Oh, thank you for having us. And as always, I'm your host, George Numer from Barrel House Brewing. And I'm Patrick Brooks from Wineshine and Tin City Distillery. And today we're here to talk about all things Tin City and a whole bunch of things that aren't. So, <laughs> all right. And uh, we're, we're very happy to be here today with the winemaking uh, brother duo of Benom. And so uh, one of the Tin City originals, too. When you guys were first in Tin City, though, that was close to Len's original mm-hmm. location. Yeah. Yeah. And yep. so uh, right right next to Wineshine and good old Tin City. But uh, now uh, you have a new location, and Benom has been in Tin City now for how many years, guys? Five years now. Uh, started in 15. So yeah. yeah. Yeah, but since we took over the building. Yeah. Took over yeah. in 17. Yeah. So started in 2015, the brand. Rocking and rolling, man. Yeah, in 2015. Yeah. You, you, you guys have had a lot of experience in the winemaking industry, but this is your first joint venture, I believe? Mm-hmm. Or or is it is it not? Is, is this... Uh, as brother, as a generation, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, you, you come from the winemaking background in France, too. So your father's winery. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly, so yeah. you, you guys spent a little time making wine together there too, but this is the <laughs> bright, your whole lives. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think we talked to a few people in this world that have probably spent as much time making wine as you guys have. Yeah, we started early. Yeah. <laughs> Way before you could legally drink, huh? We didn't know we were making wine, actually. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's born and bred into you guys, man. There's all the school people go to for winemaking, all the, the work in the trade, right? You can't compare that to just experience. They say if you spend 10,000 hours doing something, you are yeah. an expert at it. Mm-hmm. You guys have a little over 10,000 hours in this. Yeah, we have some hours, but you know, some people start late and they do as good as we do, you know? Yeah. So that's the beauty of it. Yeah, it is. So, and, and you're still having fun, right? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Every day it is. Every day it is. Sunday so. night. Oh, great. It's Monday tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know how you guys do it because you guys have your hands in a lot of different projects, too. Whether it be close to Len, Benom, at Law, too, right? No, Law, I stopped. Uh, that was uh, at the end of 19. So uh, I started over there. He was 14. I stayed there uh, yeah, until, until uh, December 19. They let me start with Guillaume uh, Binome. Uh, and then I started with Oliver and Sasha uh, Procure, which is an import, uh, which I took over this year. So but it's just for fun, you know. <laughs> it's all <laughs> fun when you love sometime. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it you no, know, it's all fun when you dig it as much as you guys do. You know, and that that's something that I always see is the passion you guys have for this. Guillaume, I, I first met you yeah. over ten I years ago. I think it was at Onoteca. It, right? it was, yeah, for, yeah oh, wow. ma- many years yeah. ago. So since then, I mean, I've just seen like the brands grow and really become mainstays in in the community in Tin City for sure and it's something that everybody wants to experience you know people come from far and wide to to try your brands yeah no yeah. that's 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 awesome and the podcast I mean the podcast the, uh, the movie that uh, you know did um, Dina oh, Dina yeah, yeah just the, like help a lot too you know definitely a lot of people 
come to town for it. Yeah, they like the They're looking. I do think that, uh, you know, there weren't a lot of great things to come out of the pandemic at all. However, one thing that we did see is a lot of traffic driven to Tin City because people were at home and they were, mm -hmm. you know, glued to their Netflix. Mm -hmm. And and that was something that they, they all started watching was yeah. the, the Tin City documentary. Absolutely. Which you guys kill it in, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I did, I did. You know, yeah, she oh, did all the work. She did all the work. It was amazing. So I think it drove a lot of traffic here. Our very own George, he's a great comic relief in it too. <laughs> so uh, that, 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 that was a lot of fun. Although I think that um, as they were recording that uh, that movie, towards the end of the day, the cameras kept getting out of focus because I think the crew was drinking <laughs> a little bit as, as, as they were going along. So, they were sitting on the chair. <laughs> yeah. So, so guys, we're, we're going to get into uh, the, the, the wines of Benham, where the brand comes from specifically some more about you guys but right here right now right in front of us we've got a beautiful looking wine in a beautiful glass <laughs> no less. i feel like i'm gonna break this i'm, I'm no, not don't I, do it yeah <laughs> this this is, looks like the most expensive glass i've ever held in my life and so and not only are, are we have this beautiful wine and beautiful glass but we're in a beautiful tasting room right now i know this is the um the brand new re reserve tasting room yeah so here we are sitting on the members room so that's where we do uh, all of our members tastings with a cellar on the back um we took this building that was uh back in uh, june 20 during the pandemic yeah uh guillaume and i were needing some room to make wine especially him <laughs> you're running out of there out of room at your big old property over there <laughs> it's it was too small when we yeah. got. <laughs> it's not a bad problem to have so. and so we call super mike you know mike is always yeah. finding room for us uh for everyone and so he told us that the whole habitat was gonna go and so we saw this building it was all empty, you know, from front to back. It was one room, L-shape. Yeah, a lot of space. Yeah, a yeah. lot of space, high ceilings. And so when we saw that, we were like, oh, done deal. You know, we can create every single room. Guillaume can have his perfect winery. And us, uh, for the test room, we can create, uh, you know, the big test room area, small patio, so kind of, you know, divide in different groups. Sure. And so <clears throat> in uh, November 20, we uh, opened it. And uh, since then, it's been like crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. gangbusters, yeah. man. Yeah. So you're making a lot of wine for Close to Land over here as well then? So all Close to Land is made at the estate. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, but the thing is we, uh, with the location we have is pretty f fairly small. So what we do, we remove the barrels. You know, when we make the wine of the year, we remove the older pre previous vintage at Binum. And okay. we bottle at Binum. Okay, this, uh, this is a better bottling facility? Yeah, I mean, we're definitely a uh, space. I mean, uh, okay. at the estate, we have only 1,500 square foot. Here we have, you know, 5,000. Yeah. So it's, cr it's great. And it's packed with barrels. <laughs> so, so. Yes. We have a lot of empties too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, so speaking of something that came out of a barrel, so what, what are we tasting here? So, Guillaume, you pour the hock? Yeah, pour the hock. Yeah. Hock is uh, one of our latest uh, wine. Uh, here it's kind of an homage to where we are from, uh, Languedoc, Roussillon. Mm -hmm. So that's where all of our family started. One of the oldest appellations in France. Yeah. Uh, and so it, if you see the map on the back, it's the orange region where you see the, the second map from the left. Yeah. Uh, and so that's where we all started. And, and then my father bought a property in Bordeaux. Then we spent some time over there and then we moved here. But this one... It's kind of going back to where we started, mm. where Carignan is king. Okay. Uh, Carignan, it's well planted in a, in a Languedoc, so does Syrah. And so we wanted to create a, mm. a blend out of it 
uh, that it is very enjoyable right and now. You don't see a lot of Carignan in the area too. In, no. in Pass Robles, no. no, which is actually a great, great area for it. But we planted different things. Yeah, you know, Marzin Fendel, but uh, definitely not Carignan. No, you you see, uh, especially it used to this whole area used to be Zinfandel. Yeah. I, I feel like, yeah. and, and they've replanted like there's a lot of Grenache now. I think right. in the area, definitely some of these um, these varietals like Carignan. I think there's a lot of room for them, but people mm-hmm. haven't caught on or something. But they they should after trying this. This yeah, is amazing. Yeah, definitely more marginal. Plant, people planted it quite a bit, but very small acreage when you look at it. The whole picture. Mm-hmm. You know, and this and uh, this one come f- actually from uh, Mendocino. That's the last yeah. year. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. starting in old 20s. vines, hundred yeah. years old vine, hundred uh, year old vines. Yeah. Wow! So a few people actually were grabbing fruit from there. I think Villa Creek, Chris Sherry, Amy Butler also on that vineyard. But it's very hard because it's far away and all of that. So now we source from pastorals from the Ducey family. Okay, you know, so they do have. They they have a l- probably not a lot of Carignan planted. Not a lot, but they do have some. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what, what do you They're see? Fairly young. Uh, oh, okay, not a hundred years for sure. Yeah, no. So even though Paso Robles is one of the oldest grape growing regions in California, but some of the, like, the oldest vines were planted here, and right. there's no question that the Ducey family has some of those yeah. oldest vines, the oh, oldest yeah. vines it's in the area. Quite a yeah. bit, yeah. But a hundred year old vine carrying on, that's something else. Oh, yeah, it's pretty cool. Big trunk. Uh, yeah. Yeah, sure, way big sure. trunk, right? <laughs> yeah, I'd love to see a picture. That's that's amazing. Like the the, the history that goes into winemaking. I think. Ooh, look at those! I wish you all could see this right now. Those are some. <laughs> that's a girthy see, vine right there. <laughs> yeah. What do you guys feel like you get from a, an older vine that that you just can't get from one that's six, seven, eight years old? You know, I think they are established where they are. You know, deep, definitively, and they are self-maintained. Mm-hmm. As they get older, they, they you know they are self-established, and you know the balance is. You prune every year what you have, and then the next year you have what you have. A young vine are definitely more youngster. Want to some years get crazy, some years they get tired, you know, because they pushed too too much the year before. Then the old vines is finally Steady. established, and whatever you do is what you're going to have in the year after. See what I mean? In okay. terms of the crop. So a vintage isn't so greatly affected by a, a, a dry year or a overly wet year when it's an old vine it, it it's got just uh, no i think stable. it is it is okay. in a way they might push more with yeah. a lot of rain and more you know with rain when they are not too much rain of course but in terms of what they have you know it's it's, it's quite beautiful yeah and generally speaking those vines though even though they're affected quite a bit uh year to year by the what the climate's like that year right the amount of rain they're getting these are not irrigated no vines, those generally. ones are not no no Okay, so you would think when roots run deep like that, a hundred years, that you're pretty tapped in. They're pretty tapped in, yeah. yeah. I agree. Yeah, yeah. but wow. to have some water sometimes is good. To if you have a drought for five years or six, it's good to bring a little bit of water, just kind of help them to go through that, you know, um, uh, time frame where you have droughts. Yeah, you know that I we, we have a, on uh, our family property, our walnut orchard. There's this big, giant, beautiful oak tree. It's one of the oldest oak trees in the area that's, that's still mm. standing. When they cleared this whole property for coal at the turn of the uh, century, they mm-hmm. couldn't clear this tree because it was already too big. And so a few years back, due to the drought, uh, the tree blew, just just busted apart because it had it got too much water at oh, one point. Oh, we got point. that big rain, and yeah. that happened yeah, a lot of that places. that big yeah. rain, and yeah. just blasted the tree apart. Do you, so with a 100-year-old vine, especially like as, as girthy and old and tapped in as that one is, do you see kind of something like that happen sometimes? If the, the vine gets too much water in a year, can it be damaging? 
in that case? I don't or? think you will damage, but you know, usually those old vines that uh, just are no show, they're like very far away apart. So they got a lot of areas to pull from. Gotcha. So big years like that, they have definitely much more resources to grow. So they grow faster, the b bigger canopy, crop are getting better, you know, crop is berries are getting more bigger yeah. than the dry year, of course. Yeah, of course. Is and rot can come over, like, you know, sure. Mendocino, they do. You're making wine in a whole different region in Mendocino. I mean, like, weather's not remotely like it is here, <laughs> no. right? So how does that work, to be used to the Pastorobles AVA when you're making wine here, and then all of a sudden have this outlier Mendocino County? Oh, I know. It's, it's, uh, it's painful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because, you know, you have to go take a look on the fruits, and then when you're busy making wine, I mean, you don't have time to drive six hours and look at the fruit. Right. That's why we decided to kind of source locally. And, you know, bring it home yeah yeah mm -hmm. and you know with the UC family I think they do an amazing job and oh for sure and you know definitely we have a lot to do you know here yeah and now you get to really kind of uh, have a little control over those vines too as right. they as yeah. they age right mm -hmm. so you get to point them in the right direction right so. and then we can see them often yeah you know it's like our babies yeah, yeah. <laughs> you go see them every month, huh? Yeah, you go visit Call your the children. Farmers. Yeah, months is a lot. Two weeks now, three. <laughs> well, and because when it's a hundred years old, you don't get a chance to determine how you want it the the vine trained or anything. No, that's out of your control. They say, get is. out. I'm doing my thing. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that, that is something else. So in in the hawk, this is in, in this wine. You you do have Cabernet Sauvignon and the Syrah from Pastorobles, though. Syrah from actually a Spanish Spring. So you oh, have yeah, a wine okay. that has three different you know appellations combined in one wine. Spanish Spring, which is an hour south on Pismo Beach area. Yes, it's a way colder climate. Yeah, yeah, way colder. So you have cool climate characteristic uh, from the Syrah. And then you have Pastoral Bless Cabernet Sauvignon. We source from four different vineyards. Uh, Hawk Seal, Parish, and Gateway are our main ones uh, on this one. So Is that why there's just so much depth to this? I mean, like the like beautiful... You know, texture. Texture, yeah, silky tannins. Right. And yeah. 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 It's also 19, right? So, which is a, I mean, top year. Yeah. You know, it's, it's definitely, uh, it's a beautiful year. You can lay this thing down for a long time. It's true, though. but it's very approachable. It's very soft. But that's know. the thing with, you know, with Binum, uh, uh, really our goal is to find a sweet spot between you can age this one, but if you want to approach it now, you give a bunch of oxygen and you can drink it. You know, that's really our goal with Binum is to make those wines approachable from the get-go. Right. So you don't you don't necessarily have to you don't sit have around to. forever. You but don't, but we but recommend you we recommend doing it, a minimum at least. Uh, but if you want to pop it, which is 80% of our customers' base, you know, every winery, they mm -hmm. even more, they pop within a year. So sure. if you make a wine that, oh, no, you have to hold it 10 years before drinking it, people are just like, oh, no, what do you say, you know? So you want to make a wine that is a little bit more, um, you know, enjoyable from the giggle. Yeah, hopefully. hopefully. <laughs> I think you guys did a pretty good job with it here, though, man. So, <laughs> that's, so one, that's one um, thing I can say. I, I, uh, I've tasted a lot of your guys' wine, and I don't think I've ever met one I didn't like, for sure. This blend that you made and pulling these grapes from several different um, growing areas, can you do that same sort of thing like back home where you grew up where the, the laws are more restrictive? You could, uh, but, you know, you will lose your appellation title, kind of. Uh, so you can grab Syrah from Rhone, make uh, grab a cab from Bordeaux, and make a wine. But you become like a wine of France, you know. Oh. So your title is different, you know. Think about in Napa, if Syrah was not allowed, the Syrah from Napa would be wine of California. I see. So already on your label is a different thing, you know. And, I, and if you are making wine in California, I think that that seems to matter a little bit less, right? 
Like, mm-hmm. But it, but if you if you are making wine in in France, people want the desert of that region a little bit more. I mean, it I depends. Say less yeah. and less. Yeah, you less know, the really new generation is moving towards. Let's make the best wine. Let's bring some creativity, especially with the new world influence, where they taste Cab, Syrah from Paso or whatever. They're like, oh, wow, you can create a pretty awesome wines. And so you start mm-hmm. seeing some brands popping up as a mm-hmm. wine of France and, and do amazing things. Wine law is different in France uh-huh. than it is oh, yeah. in, in America, for sure. I know we in the distilling industry, we... we deal with that too i know like still in, in france i believe like someone from the government has to come out and like monitor how much wine Absolutely. you produce that year right and they lock the tanks i believe so you can't like really you know, the wine not really but maybe on your on your field they do i don't know yeah maybe the, the, maybe but that is just like the in in like the cognac region but definitely you have to send a sample before to bottle to make sure you can bottle it you know so you get the approval of the government yeah, for it, yeah. Absolutely. And I think things are a little bit looser here for sure. So well, when you came out here, was it to learn and see a new style of winemaking or was part of it to, I guess, get away from the restrictive culture that, you know, the the winemaking culture you grew up in that yeah, just kind of let just kind of kept you from being as creative as you wanted to? No, for, for me, it was very naively. Like, I really wanted to come to New World Wine to see what was happening and learn English. You know, mm-hmm. I didn't care about how oh, they can do that. No, I mean, you get into the region and then you do what you have to do. Yeah. You were young and you're like, I can make wine. I'm going to go have some fun. Right. Let me do an internship, you know, which yeah. totally so we happened, you know, came as an internship and Arnaud came also to the internship, but he married uh, my, uh, my boss daughter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so Arnaud, did you stay for the wine or did you stay for the, uh, yeah, the girl? Both. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Paso is awesome and the wife is awesome too. <laughs> yeah, you bet. So for those of you who don't know, uh, you're, you're talking about Love and Tour uh, mm-hmm. winery and, yeah. and Stefan Asseo. And, uh, and so, so that was, Stefan probably left France for similar reasons, St- right? Stefan is the one living for, right, Arnaud? Yeah. Huh? For yeah, definitely more the rules. Yeah. yeah he, he was wants tired to get of it. Out. Yeah. yeah. He, he said enough of these it. rules, huh? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he came, he was like 42 years old. Mm-hmm. And then he restarted from to zero because what he was doing in France was amazing. It yeah. was one of the highest price points on his appellation. Family of three. I mean, it's pretty hard to live, you know, when the kids are... I mean, you think about yeah. it, uh, living, uh, selling a Bordeaux uh, winery to come to Paso in the 90s where he was like 50 somewhat wineries uh, and invest on this property and plant a vineyard by himself and grow the brand like this. I mean, uh, he's one of the pioneers doing these kind of things, you know. Us, yeah. we just, we are getting the fruit of where he's planted pretty much. Yeah, it's definitely easier on yeah. us. Yeah, because they, <laughs> sure, they walk, the, I mean, they, they drive the, how do you call that? They pace the path, the path you know. Right. They open the path. Your, your brand, Close to Land, you even have a wine that pays uh, homage to... Yeah, homage to my mentors. Yeah, homage to your Absolutely, mentors. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I always thought that was beautiful too because we all have to, you know, learn from somebody. You know, we don't just have these skills right off the bat. So to actually package that as as a wine and to yeah. just pay homage mm-hmm. to the people who have educated you over mm-hmm. over the time you know I, I always thought that was a really beautiful thing so <laughs> but i think you guys do that with all the wines to some degree I mean, yeah i mean every one of them you know muse we have here scab moved and syrah they're all very different and nothing tastes like you know they're very very different and that's the beauty of yeah. the wine making which one are you talking about now? Is that the, the next one we should wine. try? Is that what you're trying to tell us? Yeah, <laughs> this one, he has yeah, to grab the grab and come on, Arnaud, we can open it. No. <laughs> My simple policy. The, the, well, the Coravant's nice, though, man. If When somebody busts out one of these Coravants to open a bottle or to you know get some wine out, you, you just think to yourself, like, 
damn, <laughs> I'm about to try something real yeah. fancy, man. That was a good, uh, good showstopper. In three years, you'll see his aquarium will be on the garbage, and he's going to be <laughs> open all the bottles. <laughs> he doesn't want to deal with this. <laughs> this is too much effort, man. <laughs> You don't you don't get a, a, a lot out of it when you use the Corvon. I'm just uh, no, you can if Guillaume you could pour more, that would be great. Because <laughs> <laughs> George I mean, is like, oh wow, we are not on the tasting. It's very allocated this way. <laughs> <laughs> There's one bottle made <laughs> in all of history. Beautiful, thank you. It is nice though because if you don't want to, you know, for a nice bottle of wine, you don't want to crack open a whole bunch of them. Let that where it could go bad, yeah. oxidized, and all that. You can. You, you're only opening one bottle for a tasting over the course of a weekend. That might not no, be what you want to do. No, for the weekend, we yeah. pop the wines. Uh, but during the week, especially in January, you know, it's very slow right now. So we don't have a lot of appointments. So we want to make sure we are not wasting uh, wine, you know, even though it's not going to be go to waste. Uh, but sure. we want to make sure we keep as much wine to pour and sell more, you know. Of course, the cartridge is empty. <laughs> <laughs> Get you just squeeze that thing. Get every last every last drop out of that thing, man. Well, perfect timing. We all got a little splash of it, I guess. Then it is a blend of forty five percent cab, forty two percent Moven, and thirteen percent Syrah. So cab from like said Arnaud from Willow Creek Cavier, mm. Moven also Samaria, and then Syrah from Spain Springs. Spanish Springs is a great vineyard, yeah, isn't it? Everybody I know that gets fruit from Spanish Springs, it is just. Like, yeah. yeah, it's full of character. All right. Yeah. The soil, the location, that's no, awesome. Yeah. I agree. Well, we picked the Sierra, like, in November almost, you know. Well, without without breaking these glasses, cheers, boys. Cheers, cheers guys. <laughs> Thank you for inviting us. Yeah. <laughs> Very nervous about cheersing with these glasses. <laughs> Thinnest glass. <sighs> oh, my gosh. I want to bathe in that. But you see, you are more uh, masculine here. Yeah. yeah. There's more tannins. Way yeah, more. Definitely. Yeah. And, and, and this is a little younger, but this could lay down for yeah, also. a mm -hmm. long, long time. Yeah. Compared to oak, yeah. Definitely yeah. more longevity. Yeah, yeah, oak is more approachable. But will age well, but definitely muse has yeah, some year. Oh, for sure. Down. We make five wines. Two of them uh, are uh, one in spring, one in uh, fall are more approachable, you can pop it now if you want, but age it. And then the three other are more like, if you want to age, uh, you can do that too. And you, you, you explain that to the, the guests that are tasting exactly. wine. Yeah. yeah, so we get a little bit of everybody. We get the people that want the mm -hmm. wine right now. We get mm -hmm. the people that want <laughs> we longevity. You know, especially we would, in Tin City. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you get a little bit of everything in Tin City. So, I mean, they go enjoy some of George's beer at the Barrel House, then you never know who. Yeah, <laughs> who you're gonna get after that? The, the worst is when they sorry, come after sorry. you. Oh, it's after it's me. It's oh. my fault. Huh? Yeah, yeah, how do you want to taste wine after? Especially if they go in the back of the place. I don't know what you do there. <laughs> <laughs> I, my, I have no idea yeah. what you're talking about. <laughs> I like the glass. Is the it glass door? <laughs> We put that to rest. It doesn't exist anymore. So if you know, you know. And if you yeah. don't, you never will. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, you want uh, to check it out, guys, coming in? Has, Gyum, <laughs> has really gotten to see it all over the years, hasn't he, man? So we, we had a, man? we had a lot of fun when you guys were right there next to us, too. I know even though now you're, like, what, another... 40 feet away yeah. than you used yeah. to be. But yeah. half a block. <laughs> down the road, it seems break. like a whole other state, another country down yeah. here, man. So even on the way down, we sure we had all the recording equipment, but George and I are like, well, we're just going to walk, right? 
Nah, let's, <laughs> let's try. <laughs> As the crow flies, it's 40 feet, but it seems like it's forever. When uh, you guys first moved down here, I told Arno that we needed to get a couple cans and a string, and we're going to tie it together so we can yeah. talk to each other. <laughs> like distance. a ca- cane zip tie? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, just share little messages, you know, let's carry a pigeon. Slide uh, some uh, hard lemonades down the line to them. Yeah. <laughs> Which does, for wine tasting, the, the vodka lemonade makes a nice side little side drink. Yeah, it really clears my palate. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, Patrick, I see you brought some bottles. What are you going to do? A blend or what? Oh, you just, you don't even know what's in store for you yet. 60 proof orange flavor brandy. You're not going to mix that with a wine, right? Don't you? Come on. <laughs> a little proof. bit of Coca-Cola. 80, 80 <laughs> proof, man. We're not messing around here. So, no, we're, we're going to get into that uh, here shortly. There's a couple games that we play. One is Craft versus Conglomerate, but the other one is a, uh, it's called Shots Clock. Shots wow. o'clock. What, yeah. time, what time is it? I have to go around my daughter? Yeah, yeah. it's 520. <laughs> text your yeah. wife, Kim. What yeah, well, time we, do you have to pick her up? 545? Yeah. Okay, we should sober, get sober too. a couple yeah, we'll, of the games then. then. then we'll make <laughs> it, it happen. We'll get, we'll get there in okay, no time. So. And we'll, we'll be right back, everybody. We're here with uh, Guillaume and Arno, and of course, George and Patrick. This is the Tin City Podcast, and we will be right back with a whole bunch more. You've tuned in to the Tin City Podcast with Patrick Brooks and George Newmare. When you need to put a cork in it, there's only one way to go. Russ Warren, the cork guy. Russ and the wizards at ACIC Cork do it all. From the highest quality natural corks and bar tops to screw tops and capsules, they've got you covered. The cork guy has over 40 years in the cork enclosure industry. Supporting the Central Coast with quality closures and high-level product knowledge and experience. Russ has seen it all. So, if you need to put a cork in it, you need the cork guy. Reach out at rwarren at aciclosures.com. You'll be happy you did. Welcome back to the Tin City Podcast. It's time to get boozy with Patrick Brooks and George Newmare. Okay, everybody, we're back with the Tin City Podcast. This is George and Patrick, and we're here with Arnaud and Guillaume, the dynamic brother duo of Ben Ohm Winery. Cheers. Cheers, boys. And while we're here, Ben Ohm, mm-hmm. I'd love to hear about Oh, my name. gosh, talk about it, you know. We so- fight on the name. Who <laughs> who you want to name it like Guillaume Winery or Arno's Winery? On the spelling. <laughs> yeah, so where, so where, does, where does the name come from? So Binom, it took us well, uh, two years to find a name. Yeah. It's actually very simple. Two years <laughs> to find a good winemaker yeah. and two years to find... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm still looking for it. Yeah. <laughs> now, Binomi actually means uh, a project together in French. Uh, oh, beautiful. We just did a phonetic translation this way, everyone can say it the same way. So if you look at the label, the French name is B-I-N-O-M-E. Okay. That's how we spell it in French. And so that means a duo. Uh, we use it, most of the time you use it on a science class. And when the professor puts you in a mm. duo, they call you, you guys do a, do a binom. And so that, that came two years later uh, because we needed to put a name on this fucking wine. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> you say, we know we want to start a project, but fuck, what are we going to fucking call it, man? <laughs> but that's perfect, though. It's perfect. It's perfect. Cool. But you knew that these fucking dumb Americans would never be able to pronounce it. That's if, why if we you changed the world. It's <laughs> <laughs> a smart call, guys. And so it was right. like, no, no, you have to stick to the name. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> but I like that it's phonetic spelling, though. It's perfect. Bainomi. Yeah. <laughs> we would Nobody would have ever nailed it if you hadn't done that. So No. But actually, the label <laughs> that you see in the front of you, it's a label designed by uh, Chloe. Oh, really? She did Your wife did quite fast. Yeah. yeah. It, it's the roots, right? It's a map, actually. It's a map. Okay, <laughs> yeah. I was wrong. But it, <laughs> but like, it can look like It kind of looks like yeah. they have it. So, okay, so yeah. it's a map of, is it the Pasquay VA? The West Side. The West, West Side. I know it's the best obscure, side, baby. If you look at the big boys. Oh, yeah. Oh, look at that. <laughs> so you have the 101 really right here. Uh, and then you have all the roads that leads to all the vineyard we source from. And so we uh, we only replicate, uh, show the, the, the west side because we only source from the west side. I mean, mostly. West side's the best side, though. It's a fact. <laughs> east side is really good, too. If we were on the east side, I would tell you that the east side's the best side, though. <laughs> if you guys were east side winemakers, I would for sure say that. So <laughs> I know you. I <laughs> <laughs> love you, too, buddy. I know my audience, right? <laughs> okay, so that that is so cool. It, so my other guess was going to be a map. It kind of looks like that, like a, a relief map, but it also kind of looks like roots, too. It does. Which, it yeah, does. which is good. And... Well, the, you, Chloe designed it, which is the yeah. coolest part. Uh, I still owe a restaurant for it. <laughs> uh, but the good thing about it is we wanted a combination of you know tradition, which is where we are from, and new world, which is more modern. So it's a kind of a combination of both, which is our style of wine and our blends together uh, within a label. So that's a pretty awesome background. And so this one you drink is the origin, which is actually is a 100% cab. Yeah. I think it's pretty stunning because you think you're in Europe. It's very elegant. You know, you have some oak, but it's very well integrated. Mm. Turning a real re- rounded, you know? Mm-hmm. I just love that. Oh, you are not wrong at all. Yeah. Fuck, that's beautiful. Okay, what vineyard does the cap come from? Multiple vineyards, right? Yeah, we have three vineyards. Gateway, which is a new vineyard on uh, uh, Widow Creek AVA. Uh, some from Parish Vineyard as well. And then the rest come from uh, Ox Hill, right? For 19? Yeah. Yeah, yeah Ox Hill. You could lay that bad boy down for years and it'll it'll you just could but you up. see how soft it is oh too? fuck it's beautiful yeah. yeah it is so soft and se- this wine is sexy yeah it yeah. is um definitely the pure definition of the you have really the brand which is based with cabernet and that's our flagship yeah i think it's a varietal that grows well in a lot of different areas i mean a lot is planted right? a lot planted on the east side but you know as well on the west side but definitely more implanted on the east but side i feel like you don't see it as often for some reason though no because the Rhone is definitely taking over yeah that's you, why i think you are too much with don you know that's no. why <laughs> <laughs> yeah burns is all into the into the Rhone stuff he doesn't even it's look the at rock. the bordeaux stuff i know man. no <laughs> he's just no we'll not drink that <laughs> if it's not and he doesn't touch it. So, <laughs> but I think a lot of guys, that's, that, that, that's the case, right? So, okay, so I'm really glad that we started off with this one because now we're going to play a little game oh. called Craft versus Conglomerate. So, or as George likes to call it, Craft uh, versus Crap. <laughs> no, I like, uh, it's called What's in My Mouth. Oh, yeah. yeah what's and in <laughs> Velio changed it to What's in My Mouth. So yeah. <laughs> take a wine like this where the oak integration is just outrageous. Can you talk about, before we do jump into this, the barrels that you used for this? Yeah, we used some very special barrels. <laughs> no, I mean, just like, you know, make sure the, the barrels we choose are kind of a lower medium toasting. Okay. And also oak that's more grab the freshness and putting too much vanilla and all this kind of sweetness, which is making the wine be heavier. Yeah. So that's why it kind of goes and you finish really on the on on dry side and very uh, acidy or two. Oh, yeah. It, it's Almost you eat the rocks on that. Yeah, so you have a lot of chalky tannins. Yeah. Finish. Yeah. It's so 
Balance and cab is not easy balance. because if you are on the hills, it can totally shrivel with the heat waves. So we can throw them on the bottom of the blocks, you know, where it's moderate mm-hmm. holding, and they do way better. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh man, it's it's outrageous. <laughs> if if you are a cab fan in Paso yeah. Robles, you go straight to Benoma and get the origin. I agree That's with amazing. You, you so. have to sign up for the wine club first. Okay, <laughs> sign go. up for the wine club, <laughs> and then you'll get some origins. <laughs> hey, but when you're, when, when, you should be proud of that, though. That's outrageous. No, thank okay. you. Now, here's something we're, that probably nobody's <coughs> proud of, um, <laughs> least of all me for bringing it. Okay, so this is uh, another 100% Cabernet Sauvignon wine. Nice. And w- w- the point of uh, craft versus conglomerate is to get a taste of a mass production wine. But don't say don't say the name of it. It's no, a secret. No, okay. <laughs> oh, you're yeah. So uh, 14. Four, 14. 14. Now the thing oh, is, wow, if you, you see, went way back, Patrick. <laughs> yeah. That was yeah, really deep into my library. But <laughs> it, 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 if, if you see a uh, 2014 bottle of wine at a gas station oh. or at, at a grocery that's store, not a that's not sign. a good <laughs> sign. So, <laughs> we we we, we uh, uh, a distributor called us one time. We went to meet with them, and all the wines they had there were like 2000, like 14, 15, oh. and it was like, nope, we don't. Want these guys because that means they can't sell that damn wine, yeah. and there's a reason for it, right? So if if you uh, if you're buying wines in Pastor Obels or anywhere that are <laughs> right, so out of what the do you mix that with that? What's your goal of <laughs> Oh Jesus, man, this is the worst. So, I noticed the fruit flies showed up as soon as we yeah. opened this one. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> I usually you you actually pick something that. Um, it's pretty good for the price point. You know, it's, it's a, there's a value there, but this it's is... quite some minerality on this one. <laughs> it's, it's bad. <laughs> you know? I will, it's bad. I will, so I will say, that without giving it away, this wine is something that you'll you'll find this pretty much anywhere. It's uh, something that a lot of our the listeners um, might have had at family Christmas parties or something when you don't want to... Um, you put a lot of the good stuff raisins and, and brown sugar on your oatmeal, you'll probably love this. <laughs> you will love it. And it's, it is definitely from... Um, know, like Lodi, <laughs> so yeah, uh, uh, you know, Modesto. In, in, in they the say Manteca because it has such a nice flowery Manteca. Uh, so, yeah. It seems old, <laughs> old vines. Yeah, <laughs> it's old vines. It, it, it's, it's old. It's it is bad for sure. But see, when I taste this against yours, first of all, like the the, the concentration of character is just not even remotely there, right? I mean, this is. You think you like that better? It, I mean, the price is right. It's probably, but I mean, like, this is Cabernet Sauvignon. This should be a, (laughs) as Arnaud pours the vodka lemonade in it. (laughs) You know what? I'm not against that. I'm doing it too. Oh, that's, that's, that's the game. (laughs) That's a spritzer. That's the game. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's like such a late harvest. They just harvested raisins. (laughs) No, that's not bad. It's not bad. (laughs) We made a little vodka lemonade wine spritzer. You should hey, call this company and tell them you, you can save a... this whole vintage for them. Yeah, <laughs> your 14s will be sold out like that. Just yeah. mix it with some vodka lemonade. You'll be you'll be dialed in. But you know the the, the thing is like I'm, I'm looking at this color. Like it looks like a like a light Pinot Noir or something, and it should not. Right? I mean, right now it does. Yeah, yeah especially that. <laughs> it looks like a Beaujolais now. Just very bright in color. This is something that like it's. Sh- Yours is so dark and developed and ripe and flavors flavorful, beautiful. I mean, ripe, but not too uh, like George. You know, it doesn't have any reasoning flavors. And this one has a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit more is an understatement, I think. <laughs> the thing is, can you tell it's Cabernet Sauvignon? <laughs> yeah, can you yeah, do that? <laughs> yeah, I think he has all the default of it. It's about as far as it goes, right? 
<laughs> it tastes, it, it's cabbage. But the lemon really help, actually. It's something else, isn't yeah. it? Hey, you add vodka and lemons to anything. It's going to uh. really increase the character. So, you know, when life hands you lemons, add vodka. Life handed me this shitty Cabernet Sauvignon from uh, the the Central Valley, and adding that vodka lemonade really did. What the, was the, the trip. price point of that? That's a ten dollar bottle of wine. Ten dollar. Yeah, but I think that's really a little steep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's why it was not well stored and all of that. Uh, Fourteen in the gas station. Uh. Yeah, I, I couldn't tell you. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> about the storage. I couldn't tell you how that worked because I didn't touch it. You know, and the, the thing is, I think that like wine is more resilient and for storage than a lot of people give it credit for. I've had wines that are have not been stored properly. Good wines though, right? And they stand up, mm-hmm. you know? And, and I think that a lot of that speaks to the winemaking and to the the varietals that are used in the winemaking. You can have something that's, like I said, not been stored properly and it'll be okay. I mean, yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, you have a difference between a cabinet in your house where, you know, everything is constantly the same temperature compared to gas station where you have lights, you have difference of temperature so it's like a really bad storage now, this one wasn't yeah. necessarily from a gas station but yeah. like i you, you could almost find it there <laughs> i'll take i'll take i'll take your wine any day over it so <laughs> all right but we're not done playing games here we're gonna be right back with the 10 city podcast here in just a quick moment and then uh we've got another one for you. we'll be right back ladies and gentlemen we're out of sarsaparilla but we've got brandy Tin City is an evolving industrial maker's market nestled amongst the oaks, where friends, adventurers, and aficionados come together to partake in craft wine, beer, and spirits served up by Paso's most passionate artisans. Park anywhere and just start walking. Soon, you'll find that amongst this eclectic mix down by the tracks, there's one thing these makers all have in common. This community of wildly independent artisans love what they do. And they are part of Tin City to pour that love into everything they make with the sole purpose of sharing it. All you need to do is show up and enjoy it. You're listening to the Tin City Podcast with George Newman and Patrick Brooks. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of ages 21 and up, we are back. With the Tin City Podcast, <laughs> here with the brothers Arno and Guillaume, and we are talking Benham Wines, where the roots run deep, the brotherly roots. So, <laughs> now before... be a new slogan for Benham. Yeah, roots thought, run deep. I, I yeah. thought it was a map. It, w- it was a map. Roots run deep is a, oh, it's a rap thing, I think. It's no, a, it's a clothing a, brand. Is it really? Yeah. Okay. Well, you don't want to get sued, so maybe don't put yeah. it on the label yet. But <laughs> it's a clothing brand. But 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 that is one thing for sure. It's here, uh, Oaklandish, right? Maybe I believe it. So, but roots do run deep here with Benham, and the story goes back a lot further than just this brand. If if people are interested in in it, um, it your your family winery that's in Bordeaux now mm-hmm. was it always the same? Was it the same brand? When it was in Languedoc or Sion versus when no. it moved to Bordeaux? Maybe Arnaud, you can talk about Bordeaux. I can talk about Languedoc if you want. Languedoc is where we started. Right, you know? right, right. Definitely we started. You know, we grew up uh, over there. Uh, I think we, I left, I was like 20. Arnaud, you were 10. 
Yeah, because yeah. we're 10 years yeah. apart. She's a little whippersnapper. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so uh, definitely I spent quite a bit of years here with dad, you know, growing and making wine and definitely since, you know, maybe five years old. And he still comes out here. I've, I've, I've met him a yeah. couple times. I think. Like, uh, he, they love comes. I mean, yeah. I mean, I think all the family from France wants to move here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I just remembered. So it's right? sunshine. Yeah, this is sunny <laughs> California, right? But so what I just remembered was um, when Guillaume, when you had close to land at the Paso Robles Underground, right? Yeah, and people would come up to you, and some accents speak it volumes, helped. right? Yeah, like, like, and, and like, like I, I know you guys have a French accent. I think people should. Really? Like, it's a little different in England. You might have like a Welsh accent, or a you yeah. know, an English or a Scotch one. It's not just like a British one. But people would come up to Guillaume and they'd say, "Oh, I hear an accent." Where are you from? <laughs> and Guillaume would always say, Texas. <laughs> and I think a lot I of people a good believe one. you. People say, are you from China? They say that? <laughs> yeah. I got a good one. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, yeah I, I, we, you know, we, last uh, That's true. episode yeah. we, we did with uh, Aaron Jackson, actually. And that was the thing. People always ask him if he's Chinese, he, he was saying. so. <laughs> but uh, real quick, before we go into the other questions we have, I think that's a good interlude into uh, something I, I, I want to show you, Guillaume. Uh, when we were talking to Aaron uh, this last month in, in the podcast, uh, and of course, you guys, with, with, with Closeland and with Benham, yeah. you used yeah. to share a building. Actually, uh, started at uh, Pass Underground. Yeah. Because we shared the building first. Sure. And I told everyone, you want to move together? And yeah, go ahead. So. Yeah. You know, and so, so, like, you guys, you guys have known each other for a long, long time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Aaron had a funny little story about something you said about the wine. <laughs> and so, I'm going to play it for you guys right now. <laughs> so, the, so we're, we're, we're talking to Aaron about, oh. about the winemaking process and all. Nobody has anything but wonderful things to say about both you guys. Aaron, of course, is extremely complimentary. He, he just did said like, you, maybe he had a lot of gems, point. a lot of great advice for him, and this was his, his favorite piece of advice that, okay, like that he could never forget. Okay, we'll play it for you right now, okay? Uh, now, now that we've you got that out of the way, <laughs> I would love to hear this fucking story of my French it's, it's, friends. Yeah, I, I probably, like, overhyped it too much, but uh, it, it was just a time when... when uh, we were talking about some, I don't know, geeky wine bullshit. He's talking about winemaking, and he's like, uh, he was trying to describe me what he was, he was trying to describe what it is to uh, think too much about the wine when you're making it. You know, overthink the process. And he goes, well, you know how I say it, uh, as we say, uh, we, uh, we masturbate too much on the wine. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> you know, when you, you, you masturbate too much on the wine. I'm like... <laughs> you don't go to PTA meetings, do you? <laughs> yeah, I tell my kids about their homework. You know, you masturbate too much on their homework. <laughs> I think you're using that incorrectly, Gil. Uh, anyway, God, I love that guy. But oh, Jesus, he that, cracked me up. That was a great story. Oh my God. So now funny. you know when you're making your uh, when you're making things over at Wine Shine, uh, you know, don't masturbate too much on it now. Gotcha. Well, that's how that's the secret ingredient, right? <laughs> 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 okay. So is that real or is Aaron full of shit? Yeah, he's pretty right. <laughs> <laughs> but we do. No. And, and false theory. <laughs> <laughs> you you got to masturbate on the wine. No, I, I, that was when you said earlier that um, 
you, you enjoyed moving to California so you could learn English better. And I, ever since I've known you, you've always spoken great English. <laughs> yeah, was, yeah. But like maybe that was one of your, one of the few yeah. faux pas of your English was masturbating on the wine. <laughs> so we got a kick out of that, and it, and um, we purposely did not include that in the last podcast with Aaron, just so we could share it with you. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> thanks, buddy. Yeah, 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 thanks, Aaron. You guys do have a, a, a long, long story that goes into winemaking that brought you to Benham to this point, you know, and I think that that's always something that's really cool to do is to look back and say, mm-hmm. what are the steps that brought me to this moment, right? Is this is this, is this the coup de gras or is this just a, a, still a stepping stone? Like you have more, you guys have so many more years of, ahead of you of creativity and everything to get to where you are already making the quality of wines you are really elevating the winemaking in Passerobles for sure. And <laughs> And in turn, California as well. You guys just have a huge, bright future of what you're going to be doing. Are there specific moments in your winemaking pasts that helped bring you to where you are today? Like, are wow. there, is, is there anything that, like, really stands out? Like, those those salient moments that you go, like, like wow, like, that turned around my thinking on Well, on I wine. see personally, and, and even I see it on Guillaume's style of wine from when he started to where is now a clue and where we want to go at uh, at Binum, it's uh, uh, our palate is changing completely, completely you know from what we used to drink at the beginning when we were young and then 10 years ago and to now yeah and wine shine you were drinking a bunch of the whiskey and stuff yeah. that, we were yeah, that ruined your palate <laughs> <laughs> and now we we uh, Guillaume and I want uh, a style that is uh, again like we said at the beginning more approachable wines to enjoy now but if you want to age them you can you know it's uh, I love it's, that yeah it's not wine that big bold tannic that you need to age at least 10 years to be enjoyable you know and so I think um, all of us are changing and it's reflecting on the wines and age does that right yeah. for us or for yeah. the wine mm-hmm. age changes way. everything yeah, yeah. 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 we hope yeah. in a good way yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> But and also so the transformations. I mean, so you want to finish? Yeah. No, no, go ahead. The transformation of uh, coming from France, the way you grow, and then you have totally switched your head and say, you know, <laughs> start from scratch. You know, you have the base, but in this country, you cannot do it. If I go to Greece or if sure. I go to China, if I go to, I will be the same way, you know. You have to erase what you know and go with the climate, the soil you have, and all of that. So that's that's impressive, you know. That's, that's yeah. for me the... The adrenaline every day, say, you know, with the cycle changing, more warm, uh, we have to work differently, you know, and I, how can we? And to be, you know, mindful of that too, like to say like, okay, hey, I can, because you've been here for X amount of years, I can look back and say, oh, well, the climate 10 years ago is definitely different than w- what mm-hmm. it is today. I mean, I, I remember a time that like the water on the barrel heads would freeze yeah. every single morning, Yeah. right? It mm-hmm. doesn't anymore. Yeah, and so like like th- like that alone, I think stands out to me. Just that like I don't see that. I used to pick up the the you know shards of ice and throw it like a disc, right? Yeah. You mm-hmm. can't do that anymore, and that's in a very short period of time. Mm-hmm. Well, it's just a La Nina year, Patrick. Yeah. <laughs> 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 for sure. So like to be just cognizant of those those changes that take place. Uh, you know, from year to year and, and how they um, are going to affect your winemaking and, and to know, like, how, how am I going to approach this? Is this greatly affecting, like, what is getting planted in this area or what is getting ripped out and what, what's getting planted next? Like, the, the, the fact that the climate is getting a little hotter, a little more extreme. 
or, or I people like the, I like you say a little because I don't think it's very noticeable in a way. We just see like some parts of dry, cold. You know, look at we got a lot of rain. It's very dry. It's those kind of events now is going to be happen more and more. Yeah. And that's where the vine need to adjust themselves because they might start to wake up earlier and then you have a freeze and the hot comes. It's where they adjust with all of that. How we can play and work with that. Yeah. You know. I think what's more noticeable is more in Europe that drastic change. Mm. The past ten years, I mean, you see. Oh, it's the past five, yeah, we say yeah, even the, more. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 uh, in Bordeaux, you look at in uh, Burgundy everywhere. I agree. Uh, yeah, frost, hail, you know, big rain during the summer. You see the new uh, varietals being in Bordeaux. There is a few new uh, varietals that you can now plant under the appellation mm-hmm. in Bordeaux. So. Uh, you know, everyone is uh, changing and going towards the uh, climate change or global warming uh, and uh, adapting, you know, their technique. And so that's why we love wine. You know, it's it's a challenge every year. Yeah, it's nerve-wracking as, as you guys get yeah. closer to harvest time and when we get these early frosts or these hail storms yeah. and you got to decide, you see a storm coming like... Do I pick it now? Yeah. Do I pick it early? Or do yeah. I mm-hmm. do I send crews out there to, to shake it out and, you know, drop some fruit and hopefully I, mm-hmm. I, can, I can get through? Yeah. Um, I mean, what do you guys do? I mean, I guess that's like the, the saying, you know, you don't want to masturbate too much over your wine. But that's <laughs> one of those nail-biting moments where you really are just thinking but about we are. it. Even a, if you're 70 years old, you do. Because your you have, you're on the front of that. So what do you do? You, you only do got one thing. chance, yeah. right? It's not like with me, I'm, I'm brewing a batch of beer every week. We've got silos of grain, but you guys have one harvest. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, one it. chance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think the, um, when, the, when the mics were off, we were talking a little bit about farming in the winemaking industry too. And I, I, mean, I think in, in, in France, it seems like not so many people care so much about who the winemaker is. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like. Completely. But yeah, I mean, like it is about the history. It's about the, the history of the chateau, about the... The vineyard. Yeah, it, everybody's just a, a cog in that wheel, yeah. right? Yeah. In California, winemakers really think they're just rock stars. Mm-hmm. It's all about them, right? And I think that... I think you guys are real humble about it. I think that you don't feel that way. I think that you just are good at farming. <laughs> you know, like, and I think the that there's... Good. The dirt. <laughs> the dirt. The dirt. I mean, the, yeah, like, I've seen you just dig your hands in dirt and, yeah. like, smell it and taste it. I've seen you taste it. Yeah. That's a true thing. <laughs> I've never seen anybody else taste the dirt, but you have. Right? Yeah, it's like, yeah. yeah. Is that a real thing, or are you just putting on a show for Patrick? <laughs> <laughs> if you were, it worked. It was great. No, so only when smell. he takes pictures. We, yeah. smell, <laughs> we smell, we taste. I mean, no, it's, no, I mean, it's exciting. You know, when for Binom, we try to find some new sites, and, you know, people say, how do you know? I say, I don't know. It's something I have in my thing, and I know that's going to be good. That's going to be less good, you know. I, I can describe. That's beautiful, it's, though, it's hard. right? Yeah. Like, that's, that's farming. A, 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 a lot of guys. But everybody's wrong, everybody's right. It's in the meantime, sure. you know, so. Yeah. Different things work for different people. You know, like, this is what works for you guys. Whether it be for Close to Land or for um, for Beno, you guys are doing something that is right. Because, yeah. man, this wine is incredible. Yeah, and uh, we were talking earlier about uh, one man that does the farming and the winemaking. When he goes to the vineyard, he already thinks about the wine. You know, when you have a property that have a winemaker and a, vi- a viticulturist or uh, whatever you call it, uh, if the communication is not good... Uh, you know, the, the, at the end, you don't know if it's going to be like the winemaker wants it to be. You, you see what I mean? So Guillaume sees those details already ahead of the game, you know, in yeah. the vineyard. A lot of the corporate vineyards, um, 
you know, the, the vineyard management company is getting a bonus based on how many pounds they harvest, yeah. you know, a lot yeah, of times. Yeah. And that, yeah. that's no good, you know, and you see that a lot maybe with some of these wines we're getting from Lodi. <laughs> sure. But, it's about know, volume. But, like, I mean. You I, guys, ha- you know, you're doing it a totally different way. You're doing it a more traditional way and in, in, mm-hmm. in the right ways. And you're also doing it the California way in, in your blends and everything yeah. that you're coming up with. It's, it's pretty cool how you guys yeah. really marry those, those two styles. No, we do. But I would say, you know, the whole pastoral area is definitely want to put, you know, their effort on each of the vineyards. So I don't think it's only us. It's everybody, you know, everybody's writing the bar. It's a big, big team time. effort, man. Big yeah. time. Oh, yeah. And, um, you know, everybody wants to listen. And when we say something, yeah, great, let's do it. You know, if it's help the vineyard, you know, uh, because we source from about 15 different vineyards for Clo, yeah, I mean, 40% come from the estate now, but we still source and be done 100% source. And that's, I think, everybody wants to hear what you think, and then every year it's a challenge. Oh, gosh, we got to rain. What do you think yeah, we should do? You know, the pruning, we should change a little bit, you know? So, yeah. and, you know, so that's cool. Where George mentions the volume that these other guys are bringing off, uh, you guys are taking so little fruit off the vines, right? <laughs> like, I mean, like, you're, you're, how, how much are you dropping when you prune? So, to be honest, more and more we need more fruit on the vines because it's where I keep the vines more balanced because fewer clusters makes the sugar jumps up. Do you want something like ultra, ultra, ultra ripe? You know, getting quick? No, you want to try to gain some time. It's the only way to, you know, have the vine getting longer on the cycle is having more fruit for her to hang more fruit and to get riper, not September 1st, but September 15th, you know? Yeah. See what I mean? He's, so he's not paid by the pound, huh? So no, he's, you know. yeah, he's, you're not paid so by the pound. <laughs> no, but what I want to say by that is we prune a certain way to have a certain weight, and the vine is, going, is giving, to, but, I mean, the vine is giving what she can give, and we're not trying to cut down all of that. If she gives three pounds, she gives three pounds. She gives six pounds, and six pounds. So one is better on this one, this one? No, you know, just yeah. different. My so favorite she. part about that statement was that you just personified the yeah. vine as she. as she, <laughs> yeah, and like that's how and we the, do, yeah, no, the, which which, but that's beautiful though. I mean, you know, like my mistress, yes, your mistress. <laughs> uh, what a, and what does Solen, what does Solen think about that? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's. I think I think that's that's beautiful though. I, I never knew that um, getting it to hit your target bricks level by a certain season that that made a difference. Like, how does that make a difference? Are you expecting the acid to also hit a certain level at a certain point and you're trying to get those two to meet at the right time i mean yeah we try to yeah absolutely acid is your importance but the, the yield itself the pound per vines is very you know done at the pruning if you okay. leave a lot of stuff it's going to be a lot of stuff so if you try to be clear and clean you know a vine give you a note like 10 shoots and look good you leave 10 shoots if those 10 shoots are bad you leave only six or five and you know and they catch up and the year after, maybe you can go seven. You see what I mean? Okay. And those have clusters, so you live on them. or You you see what I mean? So it's very geared. I feel like it's a very intuitive thing that, that one really has to pick up over a, it, a, an amount of years. That yeah, it's not easy I don't, to I don't entirely, yeah. I can't entirely, yeah. Yeah. And, and I get what you are saying earlier, like, you know, it's kind of a feeling. 
and sometimes you're right and sometimes you're wrong, but you have all that experience and maybe you can't explain why you know it's going to be right, but you have all that experience. Like your gut feeling. It's a gut feeling. Is, it took me right years to do it because, because the first were like, it. oh, let's cut, let's keep only 10 clusters. But I'm thinking, gosh, I'm stupid because after, you know, you deal with high sugars and you don't want that. So yeah. let's try to work backwards a little bit, you know? It's mm. all about balance again. Yeah. Balance, balance, balance. Do you guys that's my point of right? view. Well, you know, I mean, again. Do you do spreadsheets or is it more of like <laughs> kind of a journal and like... <laughs> This is how I, <laughs> like, how do you, how, how do you build that knowledge over a decade, but then go back in your, your mind's eye and think like, oh, I remember what I did back then. I want to do it a little differently this time. Do you have, you have a little bit of both? It's like, you have that. Spreadsheet, yeah, we do a little bit more and more. Yeah. But somehow, <laughs> I have a great memory for that. If I go home, Just I forget for everything. <laughs> <laughs> but if you ask me 2000, uh, 2004, 2007, my first vintage, I can tell you exactly the way it went. Yeah. The fruit, the ripeness, it's how that works, you know? It's you know, interesting when you tie it to a feeling, uh, you remember it so much better. Yeah. Like oh, yeah. when you're like, oh, I remember how anxious I was about it, but then it worked or like, oh, you did I remember how confident yeah. I was and then I blew it. And like, you just, you can't forget that. And, oh, yeah. and you can hold on to that and yeah. use that. You know, I don't remember many wines that I've had. I've had a whole bunch, right? <laughs> I, I love doing research and development. But something that does stand out for me personally was a 2006, I believe, Roussan. And that's Ooh. all you made Ooh. back then, right? Yeah. That was, was 07, actually. It was 07, okay. That's 07. true. Yeah, so, taken, I'm yeah. pretty sure it was only Roussan that you made at yeah. that time. Oh, yeah, 100%. 100% Roussan. And, and uh, there was this bottle of wine. It was a... What would it retail for? Like $140? <laughs> maybe on a single. Maybe. <laughs> maybe something like that. <laughs> it was the most expensive Roussan I've ever seen in my life. And I tried it, and I went... Oh, that just changed my life. <laughs> and I, I think it was, it was one of the first times I ever tried an American wine. <laughs> a wine made in America. I went, but you see that year, fuck? you know, I, I listened to my guts. I did exactly the way we were doing in France the first year. So it was a six rows from Booker, the bottom of the block. And Eric, you know, in Eric Johnson. So we talked together <laughs> and Guillaume said, yeah, take those six rows, do whatever you want. And I start to pull leaves. I said, don't do it. You're going to burn fruit. Gosh. Three days after, he was right. We totally burned the fruit. Oh. So I was like, he said, yeah, you see, you're learning. <laughs> <laughs> but it's all about that. That's that learning curve, man. Yeah. And, so, and I remember trying that, and like that's something that stands out to me to this day. And I finally met you after I tried the wine. And I went, oh, this is the guy? He made that? It was unbelievable. But like that was, when had I ever tried a Roussan in Pastor Robles, a white roan varietal in Pastor Robles? That was the first. I think like th that's yeah, I mean, Tablas Creek does quite a bit. Yeah, yeah, for know. sure. I mean, they, they, they're, they're the ones that first planted the Rhone varietals mm -hmm. in, in Paso, right? But and now you see it frequently, right? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. like a Roussan Marston blends yeah. for, yeah, for white wines is very common. But at the time, it was just like, nope, <laughs> nobody made that, man. <laughs> yeah. And it was, oh, it was outstanding. So th that is that's interesting. We talked to a lot of winemakers that they like George says they have spreadsheets, and that's what you do with brewing, right? You I'm a spreadsheet guy. You're a spreadsheet guy. Yeah. You, you keep records of absolutely everything from, from year to year. I think it's kind of magical that you don't. That No, I have my notes. Yeah. But I never look back, you know. Uh, yeah. You, you, had, you had it. too much notes. I bought him a tablet this year. Oh, yeah. That's and just my life. Uh, he's, uh, he's good at it. <laughs> now, and it, there'd be one thing, like, like, if your wine tasted like shit, 
I'd say, hey, maybe you should use your spreadsheets a little bit more often. <laughs> but it's just the opposite. The wine's amazing. So I'm thinking, don't use the spreadsheets. Yeah, don't. <laughs> Whatever you're doing works, man. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. So That's the beauty also with the way the winemaking goes, you know. With definitely a lot of numbers and all of that. So, I mean, at being more closely, we definitely don't do it. You know, let it go. Our palate define our winemaking. And that's pretty cool too. To have every year. Yeah, I think that is. I think it's going to change all the time. So, okay. So, next. Ali. Okay, we're going to step it up. So, uh, I know winemakers hate it, but I always say brandy's what wine wants to be when it grows up one day. <laughs> <laughs> As you ha- do an homage, this this brandy's an homage for us, too. We're going to play Shots O'Clock. Shots O'Clock. Shots O'Clock. Uh, as I always explain, this is something that during the heart of the pandemic, my girlfriend was working from home and she wanted to hang out with her friends and so she created shots o'clock and uh we go we go around the table and we say what we're grateful for and then we all take a shot okay because it's it's all about positivity and it's more sentimental than it sounds really yeah it's a a sweet game okay so what i'm gonna pour right now this this is a blend of saxon denner and terry hogue wineries uh grenache chenier that was distilled once and barrel aged for uh, four years in brand new, heavily charred American oak bourbon casks, and then uh, polished off for an additional six months in a one-time used uh, Saxon Grenache Dang, barrel. Pretty technical, right there. <laughs> <laughs> I kept notes. I'm a spreadsheet guy. The so. last time I had this, I mean spirits, it was with you on the back of wine shine. Oh, that you do know well. what goes on back uh, yeah. there. Yeah, yeah he just does. come taste <laughs> for fifteen minutes. Two hours later, I was still tasting. <laughs> Totally. What, us? Never. That's his Patrick. Okay, yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. I, I would think I was at church that day. Hey, these are water glasses, and they feel like they're made by the same company. These no, are, I no, feel like no, I'm going to break cheaper. these, too. Wait, oh, you can break those. <laughs> okay, so, so this this oak brandy here, fun oak notes. But the thing what I, what I love about brandy, and a lot of people who are whiskey drinkers in this country, just like, they, they, they're like, I want whiskey. I don't drink brandy. Brandy's made for my grandma. They, they don't know anything about they, they don't understand. Like, I mean, like, sure, whiskey's distilled beer. I mean, if you don't believe that, fight me. Um, brandy's distilled wine, right? That brandy's anything distilled from fruit. And this, when like, what do you want to chew on? Like, barley or grapes? Uh, what are you saying, Patrick? I'm, I'm not looking at you right when I say here. that, am I? So, uh, from the, the barley guy. Yeah. So, and of course, th- th- this is Sunier that we distill it from, right? So, this is the the free run juice. It's still brandy is so dirty in a good way is what I like to call it because you want to retain all the <laughs> never oh, heard you say that oh, dirty in a good way babe you want to retain all the floral sweet sexy well, components of the of, of the grapes right like we don't want to cover up that you know we're, we're distilling fruit here mm-hmm. this is beautiful fruit mm-hmm. and then you just balance that with the oak characteristics so um, so 100% New York you said yeah uh, the four years in brand new charred American oak uh, new oak but which is which is such an American thing if we're in the cognac region of France we're not mm-hmm. using American oak, right? And so you get more of the vanillin, the, the you know the vanilla yeah. character, because yeah. like that's what's retained in the but American oak. It also oak. has like a, a little bit of a cherry character, which I don't remember from other vintages you've bought. Oh, this is really good. But yeah. I think that's you really pick that up when you return this to that uh, Saxon Grenache barrel. Like oh, really? you, you get like that cherry character, a lot of color out of it. It's fun. So we're gonna go around the room and we're gonna say something we're grateful for. It could be anything, whatever it is. And then we're going to all take a little uh, shot of clock together (laughs) to wrap this podcast up. Gentlemen, I am so (laughs) grateful. I'm going to start, by the way. 
Tough luck, guys. Uh, it goes like this? Yeah, it goes, yeah sure. That, that sounds good. Yeah, you want to be last? So, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I've been, always been grateful for your guys' uh, friendship and your humble nature. You, you guys always have a beautiful, positive outlook on life. And I think that's something that runs in the family because I've been fortunate enough to meet some of the rest of your family. You guys just always look at everything from the bright side. Mm-hmm. And it, it really elevates those around you. I appreciate it about you guys. It's consistent because both of you, uh, since I've, I first met either of you many years ago, you've always been that way. It's Thanks. very genuine that you guys just care about those around you and you care about um, the I things you I'm do. I'm going to cry. I, <laughs> <laughs> Don't cry for me, Kiel. So, so. Should we take a shot at every step of the way? <laughs> oh, you're a fucking wild man. <laughs> <laughs> But well, that was good. So was cheers, good. To that. Yeah, cheers to that. Guys. Thank you, Patrick. Thank you, Pat. That's a big statement. Yeah. So I guess we are taking a shot at everyone. Just <laughs> <laughs> oh, our nose is not screwed around. All right, I'm with you. Mm. I'm going to take a half shot because I got to go back to work after this and close that place <laughs> yeah. down. We unfortunately had a... That's super good. A guy test positive. We all went and got tested. So you guys <laughs> okay. are well, Thanks a lot, George. I, I, show me like, I went and well. tested before I came back here. Um, but yeah, I have to go back to work and do you think shut the test is okay? Down. Do you think the test is uh, is correct? We, you you <laughs> got it at Amazon the test or what's that? The test? Where did you get it? Uh, it was a uh, <laughs> one from CVS. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> the, the best ones. Yeah, it, George, I hope that's not what you're grateful for. Uh, <laughs> also, it's not your turn. <laughs> okay, so now because you did that, I have to. Bring you a little, little, but we'll go light, okay? We'll go light. So what I'm grateful for, my, me, it's more the, the that community, and uh, you guys are part of it. Um, they welcome us, um, arms open, from the first day. And uh, since then, uh, you know, we are uh, just uh, living the dream with Guillaume and the family, uh, seeing all those people uh, coming to us and visit us and being happy about it. And I think that community in Paso is super unique. Nobody, I never seen this community like this. And so I'm really thankful to that. So thank you for being part of it, guys. Oh, likewise, my friend. <laughs> Cheers. It's thank beautiful. you for pouring less. <laughs> we'll definitely pour less and less as we go along. I'm just going to go ahead and say I'm, I'm really thankful I tested positive. I mean, negative. <laughs> negative. <laughs> I'm positive that I tested negative. Cheers to You're that. You're not just sure. Cheers. Totally <laughs> positive. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh. I'm going to here just pretend I, I how many, can't. How many glasses okay, you my, get already? No. <laughs> I don't know. That's the thing, though, about, like, if you do test positive, I'm like, oh, I guess I get a week off. Could, could be worse. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> don't tell your don't tell your boss. Uh, yeah, no, yeah, definitely cut that out of this. <laughs> he doesn't listen to this anyway. No, it's okay. We'll be in the clear. So my turn. Oh, it's your turn. Gosh, but you said everything, you know. <laughs> That's why he always goes first. He's like, I'm so grateful. He always says, I'm so grateful for all for of you, you guys. <laughs> you say ditto. Now we're definitely grateful to be here, like said Arno. Um, healthy too I means these days, gosh. Yeah. Yeah, so um, passionate and yeah, no, thank, thanks, thanks, passive. Yeah, you bet, my man. <laughs> so we, you, you guys are great. You're a great addition to Tin City. You always have been, and and a wonderful part of just the Paso Robles and and the culture here. So yeah, no, well done, amigos. 
Just well done, There's another just this. <laughs> I know, we've, thanks to Arno, we've never had so many shots of clock and one shot of clock. That's great. We do another one. <laughs> you want to keep going? <laughs> I'm cutting myself off, man. You can't get high on your own supply. So. <laughs> yeah, so now that we've had a uh, substantial amount of uh, brandy, thank you, Arno. <laughs> and, and beautiful wine, guys. We're going to go ahead and wrap it up, but we really appreciate you guys joining us for the good old Tin City podcast. And so happy to be here. Yeah, we're, we're happy to have you. <laughs> for the record, to the, our listeners, here's to all those who wish you well, and those who don't <laughs> can go to hell. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to another Tin City podcast, everybody. We had a great time here with the Ben Ohm Boys. Do they call you that? Yeah, I like boys. it. <laughs> <laughs> the bros. The pin on boys. So, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll be back again next month. Uh, thank you so much. Thank you for choosing Benham. Thank you, guys. Thanks for joining us, everybody. And the rest of you should choose Benham, too. If you uh, want to get engaged with the podcast, please go online. You can leave a review. You can go ahead and, and, and check us out on Instagram at Tin City Podcast. Just check out Tin City in general. Come on yeah. down. And if I want to find out more about uh, Benham Wines, where would I go on the internet or social media? It's BenhamWines.com. All right. Easy. Spelled phonetically, folks. Yeah. B-N-O-M. <laughs> Easy peasy. BenhamWines.com. But we also doubt. Yeah. <laughs> so that's not a bad problem to have, brother. Join the wine club. Yeah, if you want to. Yeah. Otherwise, you have you... to try the wine first. It's an easy place. Easy club. It's about three cases a year. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> no, it, it, it. It's worth it because the wine is so amazing. So jump, jump in on Binom. You'll be pleased you do. You could be. You too could be one of the Binom boys. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you can be a Binom girls too. Damn straight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you guys very much. And uh, we have the same window. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, if you know, you know, and if you don't. You never will. You missed. You, miss. <laughs> you missed out. <laughs> All right. Cheers, y'all. From Tin City, we're out. Cheers. 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 <laughs>